Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? Not better. I, uh, as you know, uh, but our listeners haven't. I recently just got over, as of today, was cleared of uh, a bout of COVID. So, yeah, it's it's okay. It's I, wild, you know. Yeah. Sick. It's it's just like uh, had I not known the term COVID, I wouldn't know any different than in the past. I would say just had a bout of the flu. That's what we would have called mm-hmm. it, right? Um, yep, generic term. Um, so yeah, and I, and I'm knocking on wood, and I'm thankful all that kind of stuff for you know that it wasn't bad because you know we're I I'm vaccinated. I have boosters and stuff, so that's why I can say it's like a flu uh, type stuff, um, and I'm thankful for that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know. Thankful that I don't have any like no long system time term things. This is the second time I've had it, mm. and uh, very fortunate and gl- glad that you know just, I was just tired um, and true. sore throat, but mild sore throat. I have, I have the thing was with with both ep- issues of my COVID. Again, I will repeat, vaccinated and boosted, but with um, m- that kind of stuff with my COVID experiences, I have had way worse flus just from season to season, you know, um, and way things that were just like wreck me under the bus type stuff for a week. Um, and Mm. these have been like, yeah, I don't feel great for a couple of days and I have a sore throat, but, um, but when it has the big C word to it, because there are people out there who don't have, you know, vaccinations and, and stuff, um, it's can be very deadly for those people. And therefore, I have to do things that I don't do for a normal flu, which is like vaccine or quarantine myself, right? I sit in a room, right, which I have for five days. Yesterday was my last day. Um, some of the some of the kind of stuff that honestly we could have been doing with the normal flu, and probably would have made that whole like seasonal issue um, uh, less of an issue. You're, you're you're very right. You're very right, and that's 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 actually the kind of thing that I should probably take away from it is that. And I, I, another thing to me is that this phase of my life and where I'm at now, it's, um, I am able to work from home, right. With my job and of course that I have, I can do that. So I didn't skip a beat, even though I was ill, I, I don't have that. I got to go into work because I can't lose money. Right. I go into work because sure. I, even though I have PTO, I can still do the work and, and able to work from yeah. home. So we're. It's nice to live in the future and still be, and be sick and isolate. And I mean, I mean, what are you going to do? Waste sick days on being sick? <laughs> that's nonsense. I mean, exactly right. Um, so yeah, I was. I, well, that's the thing is that before when it was, um, you'd come into work be, when you were right. sick for that for that kind of a thing, but you can't because you were like physically incapable to get up and do things. Um, but now I, I can just stumble out of the. I had the, I was staying in Sydney's bedroom. So I was over there and uh, everybody was gone. So I would just stumble out of there over to my uh, game room where the computer is and work, you know, sit down and just like, like a zombie, but still, you know, get in good work and then stumble back. But if it was actually had to go into the office sick, right. Then it'd be like, no, I'm taking a sick day because I can't get in all my work clothes and drive all the way to work. And yeah, 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 it's a whole nother thing. So anyway, got a lot of topic there, but um, it's, 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 I'm always one of the people I think that's aware of living in the future that we live in the future, you know, how things Mm -hmm. have changed. And Mm -hmm. um, 
I, when I, I used to talk to Sydney and say that, it's like the, the best thing I think about getting older is how you can have, you get more and more perspective of that. And I see it as a benefit, uh, like a boon to, to know what it's like to not have the internet. Um, and I appreciate it so much more. Um, you know, I, I, I knew what it was like to not have X, Y, or Z, and now I have it now, and I really love it. I'm really happy for it. Um, I remember once talking to um, my great aunt when – I don't know why I said aunt like that. but <laughs> I don't um, know. Maybe you my, say aunt, yeah. My, I mean, great aunt is not a not an expression I use often. We always just referred to her by name. Yep. Um, she was my, my grandpa's sister, uh, and – my grandpa was born in 24. I don't remember 1924, I should say. Almost. almost <laughs> right. I was like, that's 100 years ago, man. Coming up, Yeah, if he were still with us, he'd be coming up on 100 years. But I don't remember if she was older or younger than him. But it's somewhere in that range, right? So maybe just old enough to have lived through the Depression. Definitely was a young adult during World War II. And... I remember her visiting us one time and, and wherever the conversation was going, you know, she was making this point that people always, well, she was talking about nostalgia. I don't think we used the word in that conversation, but she was talking about the good old days, right? And she's (laughs) like, the good old days, like in the West, because she moved out to California from the farm at some point in her young adult life and, or, you know, maybe close to middle age, I think she and her husband retired out there instead of staying in Iowa with the rest of the family. And it was like the, like the, like the West, the wild West where people could just get shot for no reason. (laughs) Or like, imagine if everybody was still using horses to get around, how much the, you know, droppings would have to be scooped up just constantly. Like, right. Like it was, it was not, so great but like the good old days weren't that good the, i of, i agree kind of I, and, and i lived through some good old days and i'm i'm not to deny that there weren't things that were like when they say things were slower we didn't have the internet i, I agree with that kind of stuff um right. conceptually but our our buddy trotsky and i have talked about this at multiple occasions how we live in the best time every day more it, when things get better it's better than it was yesterday you know, even if it, yeah. even if things are terrible and there's wars and stuff, it's still a war today is probably probably better than the mustard gas of World War One and you know, um, right that kind sure. of things. So yeah, I mean it's it's complicated. Yeah, right? Of course, there's a there, lot there's of more to you it, know. But yes, life is definitely not great for a lot of people. Oh but yeah, sorry, I should on on balance. Like I mean, I think we were talking about this the other day. Like things that people said and did and believed like in the 80s and 90s and they're like well there was there was no internet like it's hard to it's hard to imagine that now because you know i mean you and i are old enough to remember a time before that but there's a um a father daughter tiktok account that i see every once in a while it's probably some long interview but i just see clips because it's tiktok and the the father is, you know, somewhere around our age. And so the daughter is maybe a little younger. And the and so the daughter is like, I don't know, 13, 15, somewhere in that range. And he's he's explaining stuff to her, right? They're, they've got headphones, so it's a podcast or a video interview or something. And she's asking him about stuff, and he's explaining it. And 
the the just the knowledge that you wouldn't have like like he's trying to explain encyclopedias right yeah and what she's the questions she's asking him demonstrate not only just the complete like how completely foreign an encyclopedia is to somebody who grew up with the internet but even how differently she thinks about searching the internet than i do yeah right right like you know she's like how would you ask it like if you wanted to ask it like all her questions were how you ask it how do you ask it right he's he's like well there'd be a you know uh the the books were were grouped up by letter so if you had something you'd go and there'd be an index and she's like oh so in the index then were there questions that you would like (laughs) right to her the search engine is you know what do bears eat or whatever what what i want to know you give me the answer right right like in in the form of a question like you're talking to siri or an echo device right and i mean if i had or used an echo device i would talk to it like that in the form of a question but when i am using google or DuckDuckGo or whatever if if i want i would just type bears food or <laughs> right. bears bears eat i would not phrase it as a question partly because i know that it's not necessary right maybe right. that's just tech competency in that valley that we've talked about before right um but yeah uh, I don't remember the point I was going to make with that, but <laughs> well, it's just like li- like I said, living in the future is, is it's it just better is what we were kind of talking about there, and in 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 a lot of ways, especially in the sense of like yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of information overload and and misinformation. Yeah, um, yeah sure, but there sure. was definitely misinformation before, and if you know if somebody in the '80s told you some some bs about something like a conspiracy theory or whatever you didn't have a way to debunk or dispute that right no option like like maybe you could go to the library and look it up but if it's something that happened in the last three years you're not going to even find it in the encyclopedia right so you're just like okay you have to either decide to believe them or not or maybe you ask somebody else and then your knowledge is the scope of your knowledge is limited to the the people in your physical area yeah yeah and, and it's a little and that's just like it's from, a little wild to think of now even though that was true for two thousand years and now for the last 30 years it's not been the case right and and that's just like the tip of the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg with stuff with you know you're talking about just information gathering not to mention obviously healthcare and um of course and, by the way I, I almost you mentioned you mentioned it uh, like two minutes ago, and and it's worth noting that I I should say it. When I'm all excited and happy about the the future we live in, but it's clearly from uh, a white guy in America in, in the Midwest. Like that's that's the perspective I'm talking about, not from someone who's you know in um, Yugoslavia or is in um, Russia of or course. you know of any course. of the war torn areas that are happening. Um, yeah, it's. it's I mean, I'm sure to them the world's though, not because, better, you know, but yeah, that's, that's still worth mentioning because there are a lot of people in our demographic who think that life is getting worse because, Fair. you know, we're giving things like civil liberties to people who didn't have them for 
centuries and decades. Oh, right. Yeah. That's the, but let's not, let's, <laughs> let's not, not go there, but political. yes. But yes. So, <laughs> so you have been under the weather and I assume that means you've had plenty of time to catch up on TVs and shows and books and comics that you're yeah. just itching to talk about. Right? Yeah. You, you are not right. <laughs> uh, I, you know, when I, when I got sick, did, I, I, did, did it was like that leading question. Right. Yes. I, I appreciate that. Um, it's funny cause our, our buddy Zahn had gotten uh, COVID a couple weeks before me and he had used that time to, to catch up on some things. I, um, thought that same thing. I think Tuesday when I was like, yeah, I'm starting to not feel good. And then when I take my test, I want to say Thursday, um, I was like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to get a Bowflex and I'm going to do, you know, like what is it? Chris Pratt said. <laughs> um, but, uh. I, then I then I just got tired. The, the, that's the COVID part that got me, right? Is so I just yeah. I mean, usually sleep and ugh. usually most most forms of illness uh, g- give you fatigue because your body is using the energy that you would normally use to function throughout yeah. the day to fight off the infection or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of what happened. I, so I sat down. I, I the one thing I will say that I was determined to do, and I felt I did do successfully, was I played a lot of Baldur's Gate. Um, obviously that takes the most minimal amount of energy I could possibly take just to plop my sure. butt down in front of a computer. But, uh, and then I didn't have anyone talking to me or anything. It was nice. The doors closed. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, just isolated. So I sit down and play, but then after a couple hours, I just get like, so I got to go take a nap, you know, lay down sure. and then I take an air quotes nap and it was three hours later. You're like, Oh God, you know? Um, maybe I'll stay up late tonight. Sure enough, 11 o'clock hits and I'm like, I gotta go to bed. Um, I mean, even, you know, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your, your brain uses energy too, right? Fair. It's that yeah. thing where yeah. I'm sure I've mentioned And I will say before, my brain but... uses the most minimal amount of energy. That they... <laughs> right, right. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not comparing, you know, a, a construction worker oh, to, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, but. Um, a, a knowledge worker, but you know there are things like like chess grandmasters in competition will like burn calories, some somewhat equivalently to like actual athletes, right? Yeah, like, like, because you're still burning. So you know you can like yes, you can sit there, but like if you if you were watching if you're just watching a movie or a TV show, you're still engaging your mind and engaging your brain and you still will hit a point of like oh i'm sick i'm gonna catch up on that but you're probably gonna fall asleep you're gonna miss stuff and you're like i've watched that but i don't remember anything about it because you're you're not operating at full capacity right you're ill and video game depending on the game is more engaging than just watching just consuming media yeah um you know a game like Baldur's Gate is not high stress. Like you're probably not going to raise your heart rate uh, (laughs) playing a game like this. It's very relaxed and turn-based, but you're still reading, making decisions. You go into combat, you got to figure out, you know, your, your tactics, your strategy, 
in all that. And I don't know what point I'm making with this, but <laughs> sure, it makes sense that you got tired after playing yeah. a video game. Right. Yeah. This is all I wanted to say with all that. <laughs> right. Uh, pontificating. Yeah. So, so to, to wrap that with that, with that is that with that thought is I I didn't get to play as much as or do or catch up on some of the things that that I I thought that I would do being in, isolated and in quarantine. Um, so no, I I didn't, and that makes me a little sad. And as as <laughs> as I get back into the normal things i I almost feel like i'm i'm behind actually instead of uh, caught up except with Baldur's gate and we're not going to talk about Baldur's gate today too but you know just to add that i I still really enjoy it i've played it a whole lot um i'm not steam rushing through it i don't think you are either but we're having time enjoying it um and we we did finally try uh four player multiplayer i thought that went pretty well um Mm-hmm. I'm I'm enjoying it for, uh, from the standpoint the multiplayer games that I play. Well, you and I got to play as well. That which was nice, um, right? Two two, two player. Yes. Was, and, and it does get my my short review feedback of that. It does get more challenging the more players you have. I think. Of course. Maybe I maybe, maybe that's our specific case because we're doing content we've already done um, multiple times. But it was. It was hard for me not to wander off and at least once get myself in trouble uh, because I was bored waiting around for oh, yeah. new players died. to <laughs> yeah, re- right, yeah. read and, and, and do all the stuff. I'm like, I've already done all this and I don't want to, you know, I want them to experience it. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm waiting, but I also don't want to just sit here like there's. Yeah, that's fair. I've got things to do. <laughs> yeah, I uh, it's the uh, I, I I in those situations will often say that I have the ADHD type stuff where I just got to be doing something else right. or looking at a different screen or whatever. But oh, you, you know, yeah. I just kind of what I'm, I'm reiterating what you, you were you were saying. The problem is, uh, yeah, yeah. I I, I will say I didn't have that one with this one, and I and I'm not saying that oh it's so much better to do this where they it's just it just worked i guess maybe it was the time of day or something but um yeah you you were in you were in a little bit of dad mode i think yeah which which i i i like it's 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 hurting cats is the thing right like if Mm. if a lot of times what you'll have is when you've got a lot of people who are excited and doing things they just go everywhere and there's cats everywhere but if you have a shepherd that can at least kind of Mm -hmm. keep people on track and do that kind of stuff this is not just with video games but with almost anything you gotta um when I was in my fraternity, it was the same thing. We want to do things and we're all excited, but then are just a bunch of crazy people. You got to have a couple of people in charge that are like, okay, let's get this thing moving and do this initiative and whatever type stuff. Yeah, um, like a like a coach, maybe. Right, I, that that I, kind I, of thing. I say I say dad mode because you used the expression teachable moment at least three times. <laughs> That's very night. true. That's very true. <laughs> well, and and those fellas, th- these are guys that don't often play a lot of video games. Um, it was Trusty sure. and Captain Chris. And uh, mm-hmm. we, um, I like that he's always Captain Chris. Uh, yeah, our, our podcast is Captain Chris. It's been years since we did that, yeah. right? Um, and we, um, uh, you know, and and they they have you know what I enjoy the game and I like them to have fun with it. Um, uh, so I, that's that's what I was guess I was trying to say is I wanted to go through and not tell them what to do and anything, but help them if they needed it, and also to experience. Something I really like about Baldur's Gate 3 is that you and I have played it a ton, and we played a two-player game, and every time we've played, which has only been two or three times, still experience new stuff. That's crazy to me, right? Whether it's new dialogue tree options or right. um, areas we maybe missed. Um, mm-hmm. And so 
kind of hanging out with those guys as they're leading us through the stuff. I just kind of was chill and I don't know why my, you know, distracted us didn't hit. Uh, I think it was because I just forced myself into the first person view or I guess over the shoulder view and followed people around. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was just kind of chill about it. Um, and that, that made the four player chaoticness of it uh, pretty good. And and we have Chris, which is a very, he plays a barbarian like all the time. And he plays it just like you'd think a barbarian is, would be in real life. Very chaotic type stuff. Um, and then you've got Mike who plays his characters kind of like he does more thought out and strategic. Right. Um, yeah. So those two, those two are yeah. kind of fun to put together. They they frustrate mm-hmm. each other, but are are good friends. <laughs> um, so I I enjoy watching that, and that that's one thing that happens. So yeah, I got anyway. It was fun playing the, with those four player multiplayer. I really had a good time. It did feel like D and D to me. Um, you know, with, with characters, you you took them over to to one scene where there was a shed at the end of the night, and there's a an adult scene thing that happens over there, mm-hmm. um, and that was fun to like see them react and do things and. It's just, that's kind of, you know, Mike going in and dealing with a gnome at one point and he plays a gnome. Uh, it, it was, that was fun. And playing two player was, was great as well. So yeah, I, I really, I'm really enjoying it. Still continuing to enjoy it, uh, but it's keeping me from playing any other games, uh, but that's right. not a bad thing. Right. Like for example, nine of us are playing Starfield. Um, which nope, I've heard mostly bad things. So yeah, it's weird. I've heard I've actually heard mixed things, and why I say that mixed because I I right. hear people constantly talking about building ships. That's almost every article is about. I built this mm. ship that looks like Slave One or Firefly Serenity, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of that, and then I hear the reviews of it's just like um, another your normal Bethesda game, but space. But then I see pictures and it looks, I mean, videos, they look really pretty and really nice. Um, sure. And it's got the articles of it's hit the most steam record that it's had or that Bethesda's ever had of play, you know, concurrent mm. players and stuff. So well. it's hard to tell sometimes with the, in this day and age, whether you're getting the, right. the, the loudest whiners, you know, trying to yep. complain yep. That's true. and tor- torch something down or you're, or they're actually legitimately not good. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to tell. I, I think that if I ever get bored, it, it is something that I might look into because I like Skyrim, right? That kind of open world thing. Yeah, yeah. I played a couple of the Fallout games. For me, if I um at some point, which I'm sure I will, if I at some point get burned out, worn out on Baldur's Gate three, I still have the my latest game desynced simulator mm-hmm. or um since uh um fox's son nathan is playing it we've been talking about doing multiplayer factorio again mm-hmm, and i'll mm-hmm. always go back to freaking factorio um or i still have not finished the new zelda game tears of the kingdom so oh yeah or, or, oh yeah or diablo 4 which i somehow forgetting <laughs> exists or even diablo though 4. we played the hell out of it for the first like month after that came out right. um yeah, I like, got plenty of things. I, plenty of things stacked. I have stuff to play without a new Bethesda game. Um, very true. Which is unfortunate. I think that about. you're right. It may end up just falling to the wayside, and who knows? Maybe someday on a Black Friday, I'll pick it up for ten bucks or something. But um, yeah, it, you know, it looks nice though. You know, hopefully it's it's what people really love. Um, it is. We we've mentioned this before. It's weird that it comes out so close to such a big popular 
almost sure hit came with Larian Studios, Baldur's Gate 3. Um, but, you know, it's corporate business has to launch. They have to launch things. They have to make money. That's how it works. Uh, okay, so moving right along. Um, do you want to go ahead and jump on our really... I know this is going to be a lot. We've got a lot of things to unpeel with the movie. I want to unpack with some complex, you know, deep things with this one. But do you want to go ahead and dive into Battleship? Dive. Short dive. <laughs> All right. This week we watched Battleship from 2012. This is a 10-year-old movie, 10, 11-year-old movie. So this got on the list because it was on yours. But I, I, this does not feel like something that you would have naturally put on the list. Did you hear from it somewhere? See it here on a podcast? or Yeah, yeah. Um, on uh, Film Sack, I'm sure, because it's the kind of movie that they review. Uh, review is the wrong word. That they talk about, right? They watch and then talk. They have a couple games they do. And they watch, like, not, not bad movies. Like, the Flophouse... Uh, as another podcast that you know looks for movies that flopped either mm-hmm. commercially or critically where film sack is looking for like you know independence day predator oh, yeah, uh, yeah. S- stuff like that movies yeah. that are like six out of ten right yeah, yeah. um and i actually typically I i'm a guy that typically likes those obviously right that's not yeah it's it's it was long enough ago that they talked about this movie that I don't remember any of it, um, but I put it on my list a long time ago. I was like, Michael's probably seen this, but I have not. I remember really poo-pooing it when it came out, and um, which in some ways feels like a long time ago, and then in other ways, like in the soundtrack is uh, a song called Gold on the Ceiling by... Um, uh, not Kings of Leon. Um, the Black Keys, mm-hmm. and I remember when that album came out, and I bought it on vinyl. I think, and I'm like, oh, this is the new Black Keys album. I'm like, that that was the th- that's in this movie. That's <laughs> that long ago. Um, but yeah, and a decent cast. I mean, Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. Alexander Skarsgård, Brianna, um. Brooklyn Decker, I don't know. Well, and Hamish in, Linklater, in, who I'm, I, I'm sure I've seen in things, but I cannot place any of them. Yeah, the, uh, just I'm glad that you mentioned the what was the name of that podcast that you said before? Not the the Flophouse, the other one. Films, Film Sack. Film Sack. I'm glad that you mentioned that because this this fits solidly in that kind of kind of movie. I don't even know if there's a genre mm-hmm. for it. I mean, it's it's kind of being called Transformers genre type thing where yeah. it's you know we we sometimes call them summer blockbusters yeah but right yeah blockbuster implies some level of success when a lot of these are are flops right yes um and and this fits squarely into that for me which when it goes into that co- that category i have very low expectations for anything like cerebral or challenging to me in any way right thoughtful thoughtful just just you know, go with what's happening and have a fun time. And, you know, hopefully you'll smile occasionally or be wowed by special effects. Right. That's kind of where I put this. And I, I, I thought that this fits fine in that. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, 
I like you were semi live tweeting as it went. And all of the things that you said were like, yeah, straight up. Like that's, I enjoy watching that. The corniness, it's not intentionally corny, but when the old people kind of walk on to the ship, you're like, <laughs> it's not, I mean, you could be very cynical and be grown worthy. Right. But you're like, you just got to be in it and just do it. Right. Be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And, and that's how all this entire movie is. Uh, it's Michael Bay ish, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I thought the, the characters, the actors that, that did it played sufficiently those roles that, you know, they didn't, they weren't really, cause you know, you get some of these movies. I will say, I said transformers and I mean, transformers one, because everything after transformers one became really, really bad, like hurtful, bad. When they deliver lines, you're like, this is just offensive or, you know, you just are hating me. At least in something like Battleship, they're kind of trying to tell a story, right? It's not a good right. story, and it's not really believable in any way. But at least they're they're trying to tell a story here. Um, and I appreciate, I personally appreciated it and had fun with this movie in in the same way. And I had watched it, I think, watched it twice before: once in the theater and once with somebody else. Um, so it's my third time watching it, and it was just as fun. Um, Taylor Kitsch is that that his name mm-hmm. is the the main character poor fella yep. he was the big star when this came out I mean this was his breakout year he did this I know he did John Carter and I think another one and they were all the exact same kind of reception they like like oh my god this terrible shows terrible movies um, and I felt <laughs> he was serviceable in all of them in the same way he is in this one he totally is exactly what you expect him to be. He's got some, a little bit of face acting to him. He's young, attractive fella. Um, and delivers the lines like he's supposed to. Um, and same, and I didn't mind John Carter in the same kind of way. Um, not sure. great. It's not one I'm going to recommend to anybody, but I'd watch it. Um, but that's how I feel about I, this battlefield. I, I found gotcha. myself distracted by the, the sort of by the numbers writing. And I don't oh, mean, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't mean the the big um, plots, right? Like um, the you know if you if you separate story and plot, that the plot is what happens, and the story is what 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 happens is about. Yeah, right. Like um, the best example I use for this is Jurassic Park. Yeah, um, <clears throat> the story is about Sam Neill's character becoming a better person and learning how to how to interact with kids um and and you know improve his relationship with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. laura dern and the plot is a dinosaur's escape and and kill some people and almost kill them right right um in this movie the that those story elements of like here's this character here's what's what's quote unquote wrong with them the yeah. fatal flaw or yeah. whatever and and what what they want out of life and how they're gonna how they're gonna get it was so obvious and so like, forgettable just like for, totally and, and, forgettable. and forgettable yeah. it's like oh here's the main character he's not living up to his potential he's so <laughs> right. smart but he's just a screw up and i mean even yeah. at the very beginning when they're playing soccer and the announcer says his stubbornness has cost the United States because the U.S. loses that soccer game to Japan. Right. And I'm like, 
the U.S. is playing Japan at soccer in Hawaii. <laughs> this is so ham-fisted. Right. And, of course, it only just goes on from there because, of course, he's going to work together with the Japanese uh, right, right. Uh, officer. But I'm like, oh, he's too stubborn. He He's... He's not living up to his potential because he's too stubborn. And I'm like, I'll bet by the end of the movie he will. I bet right. he'll learn how to be humble and take responsibility that right. he's been running from. And, of course, he does. You, you, and, you know what we have to do, though, Dennis? We have to remember that there are some people out there that this is the first time they've seen that. <laughs> right? Honestly, we, we laugh, get, but that's I very true. That. Somebody's 14. And, like, this is the cool movie. And they're like, sure. oh, he's a screw up. And he came in in the end. You know, like. I right. love that. And and like he has that story and um the 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 army the guy double amputee, right? He has a similar kind of story. He's mm-hmm. given up on being a soldier and I'm like, I'll bet he'll <laughs> learn to be a soldier by the time the end. And it it's not even it's not even just that I could predict where it was going, but I could see so clearly like somebody following an outline like a yes. like a like a story template of like, yes. here's how you make a compelling character. You give them this, and then they have a flaw, yes. and they have something they and they think, and then by the end they do it. And right. there were several of those um, um, in this story. And then yep. and then you get into the third act, and it's just like I don't want to say jingoistic, but like just very like over the top patriotic. Mm-hmm. Hooray! Hooray for America! Hooray for these old vets who, for some reason, are posing. Like I, I didn't even mind them walking in a big line in slow motion, like the right with, stuff with with their uniforms on or stuff that they used to have. S- s- still, still in their uniforms. But when, like, when they show that, sh- it was like it was almost perfectly timed. And I don't know, let's say perfectly timed because I watched half of this movie and then we played Baldur's Gate and then I went back to it, mm-hmm. but. As I was watching the second half, they're going and they keep talking about the different ships and they keep saying um, Arleigh Burke class destroyer. They're the destroyers. The destroyers have all the ships. And I'm like, for a movie called Battleship, I really only see destroyers. <laughs> and then their their ship gets blown up and they're going. And then the, the, it's so, again, the, the writing is just so on the nose. They're like, what are we going to do? We don't have a ship. And I, because as you said, I was live tweeting you when they're doing, you know, the, the museum stuff at the beginning and, uh, the big speech and you see the veterans there. And I know that they do stuff like that because when I did civil war reenacting, we would do that too. Right. Yeah. Not for world war two battleships, but like for, um, president Rutherford Hayes's birthday, we did a, uh, an event at the, um, property in ohio where he used to live right his house is there and there's a museum and stuff and we would do a battle and then on sunday we do a big parade and a memorial service at the like there's a there's a um i don't know what you call there's a grave site fenced in um where he's buried and there would be active duty um military representatives there a bunch of um reps from veteran groups and somebody from the president's whatever a representative of the president would come and 
um, give a speech. They lay a wreath and all this stuff. But they're doing that, and they're on this World War II battleship, right? The, yeah. the USS Missouri. And immediately I'm like, oh, this is going to be like Battlestar Galactica or several other things where, you know, there's a new alien technology and we can't our new stuff can't do because they'll scramble all our systems but this old ship is analog it's it's steam engines and and crank handles and that'll be able to get through it they waited a long time to pay that off i'll give them that but (laughs) yeah it's like like almost within minutes of me having that thought of like this has all been destroyers i'm surprised you know that they they're not using battleships in a movie battleship because you never know with a movie like this how accurate things are going to be right? right they can just this is you know we're making a cool movie don't don't uh don't uh, distract us with your facts with your right. your historical accuracy and i'm like i it's got to be um you know i'm like what's the target audience for this clearly it's you know older veterans you know people who loved saving private ryan really that's most of what it is but also (laughs) people who really like you know i don't think militaria is a word but that kind of stuff like i'm on a couple of discords with with um people all over the world right that's like Yeah, yeah swiss and polish and 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 whatever and some of them get really into like tanks and planes and ships and they're playing those games where where you do that stuff and and all of this and i'm like yeah they're target audience audience for a movie like this and i'm like those people are not gonna are not gonna be okay with you making a movie called battleship and only showing us destroyers right and i'm belaboring this point but then, <laughs> then the mo- moment they see the uss missouri and the uh, uh taylor kitsch goes we've got one more ship <laughs> or whatever the, the line is and i'm like oh god and then then they get on there and the veterans are not where they would be like they're posed like up on the the big not rigging but whatever the the superstructure and stuff of the ship like they're posed all around the ship and i'm yeah. like what are they doing there this is <laughs> like like at best this was a holiday where there're a bunch of tourists coming through this museum ship cuz right. they've been on those ships that are museums like there are no tour guide. I mean, they're probably tour guides, but for the most part, like you walk around and you read plaques and stuff. Right. There are definitely no veterans just hanging out to answer your questions right. or, you know, posing for the dramatic music. And I'm like, what are they? Okay. Right. Yeah. And then, then of course, because I'm me, I had to do the math and could like anybody who served in world war two, when this movie was made was at least 85. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and they're, they're like going around, they're pushing the button. They're, turning the cranks to steer the the or to aim the cannons and stuff and i'm like what is okay okay (laughs) but it's like again i'm you know i look down i'm like okay there's 25 minutes left i don't there's nothing that's not that's not what this movie is you should that's that's, what what is it as harrison it's not this kind of movie kid not not that kind of movie kid right um and (laughs) this is the greatest line i still want to use for so many things i mean i kind of liked the water displacement thing that was sort of clever yeah it lasts for about five minutes right. worth of the movie um it's a, i don't i don't know if i wanted more of that i kind of did because i'm like it's battleship that's what battleship is like you fire blind and and hope you hit them like that's the right. whole shtick but 
Um, yeah, I I, I, I thought. Mean, go ahead. No, I say I I thought the like the. I don't know if it's even spoiler saying the a word, but um, the aliens because this is a sci-fi movie, believe it or not. Which is, I mean, we, I've, 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 I just got done talking about oh, right. the veterans at the end of the movie at length. I think we've already spoiled it. Okay, uh, uh, like the the aliens were were kind of cool, and they were you know had some really cool things that like they're I was, spinny. I was surprised we saw the actual people. Maybe that's a spoiler, but I I fully expected it to be War of the Worlds like. And and again, this movie yeah. was a lot like the new War of the Worlds, which right. is a, a disaster adventure story instead of the original, which was just this sort of um, cerebral sci-fi thing. But uh, that that we actually saw like the not just the ships, but the actual or aliens, the, the meter, but saw the actual dudes in power armor and like with the helmet off and yeah, and 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 that. I appreciated that. Like I I was glad that like they gave us that bit of a thing um i thought the alien ships were cool how they kind of like skittered around on the water um which mm-hmm. was kind of neat um the things they launched at them that like chopped up stuff as it as they rolled across everywhere um was kind of neat um and and their weapons Those reminded me of the iron horde yeah, right yeah. <laughs> right um so, so they were sufficiently menacing and very cool and, um, you know, did all the, the neat stuff. I liked, um, I, I do like the, the whole idea of what, if, what, what, how would the military react when aliens came to earth? I actually like those kind of, uh, movies. I don't know what it is. Um, there's another one called battle for LA. Um, that's a really good one. I really like it. You know what? I'm gonna add that to the list. Cause I actually, I gonna say it's really good, but I really enjoyed it. It's, you know, uh, not, not not escape from LA because we already saw that. No, no, that's different. Uh, Battle for Los Angeles, and you know it's kind of all done from the military perspective in the same way that uh, um, I I always think of it as like uh, Battlestar Galactica is from the military perspective, right? That, right. You know, you've got this invasion, and now we're kind of following them on a military ship, and how that happens, and how they attack it, or Independence Day to some extent. Um, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes when they show how the military uh, wrecks, which I, I really think that's kind of cool. And Battle for Los Angeles is really heavy on that one. And this one is that. So I enjoy that for what it is. And all the alien parts were super cool. Um, so I, I know when it came out, I remember people thinking and seeing the trailers like, wait, first off, they're doing a battleship game or movie. That's like what? All right, we're hitting the bottom of the barrel here. Where we're making a movie about that, and we haven't done Monopoly yet. Movie but based on board games, right? But here we are living in 2023, and and Barbie's one of the biggest movies that's sold in the last ten years, right? Um, I wonder if there's a list of. I'm sure there is, but I wonder how many board game adaptation films have been made. I don't think it's a long list. It, probably not a long list. Um, and anyway, go on. So yeah, so it's it's and it's a very old board game how are they going to make that into a movie in any way there's no story to that thing and then the trailer shows aliens and you're like wait what there are not aliens so none of this that's my favorite part of the board game is the aliens. is the aliens <laughs> right so it's like the it was the weirdest thing that hollywood put together and it just didn't make any kind of sense and i think that was another thing that that didn't get people to go to it was that like they right. didn't really know what to expect of it um, mm-hmm. on top of all the other reasons, by the way, that, uh, all the rah, rah America stuff, it was released on Memorial day weekend. If I remember right. 
Of um, course it was. And it was, and that was the big thing is like, you know, for in America, that's all about, you know, memorial, mem- memorializing our fallen heroes and the military does big, big stuff on that, that day. Um, so yes, it's patriotic day. And that's when, when mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm. yeah, uh, to wrap it all up, I, I, I liked it. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned that podcast that shows these kind of movies because in the same way I like Predator, I wouldn't say Predator is like the most high-minded movie in the world, but I absolutely love it and would watch it multiple times. And I'm not saying this is one to watch so many times over again, but I have fun with it and I'm fine with that. I, I You know, you can put it up to, oh, he's terrible at grading movies or whatever, but I enjoy and have fun with some s- movies that just have no brain cells needed, right? <laughs> and that and this is one of them. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. But but not to say there's a lot that I, I would just absolute skip. And anything to do with that, like the guy that's that talks to NASA or something, the he's the nerdy tech guy and mm-hmm. the veteran and the girl are just so really boring and dry and not interesting. Um but Yeah, the the Hamish Linklater character, I I compared him to Jeff Goldblum, of course, in yeah. so many so many movies, but mostly uh Independence Day and Jurassic Park. Right. And he's doing the same kind of performance, but I don't know, what does he do? He he gets them through the radio jamming so that main character guy can talk to his girlfriend for a minute. Like that's it. <laughs> right, that's it. It's, he he doesn't he doesn't quickly whip up a virus that takes the aliens' shields out or um I don't know, whatever he does in, in Jurassic Park, like deliver quippy exposition. Um, yeah, he, he was he was very disappointing like, from like, what could have why been. is this why is this character here? You could have <laughs> cut this guy. Right. So yeah, I, I I will give it if there's you must do thumbs up or a thumbs down, I would give it a thumbs up. Um and, and I would recommend it for people who enjoy Predator, who enjoy um, Transformers, the first movie, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like G.I. Joe, um, things like that. It's it's not as good as Independence Day, but if you liked Independence Day. Yeah, Independence Day. True. That's the thing. And mm-hmm. Independence Day follows along with all, a long line of these kind of films because the first ones barely pass. And if they ever make a sequel to these kind of films, they're almost always worse. Just awful. Just yeah. awful. Right. Like Independence Day, too. Uh, okay, so what, what do we watch next week? It's your go. The, okay. This one was amazingly uh, my pick that I didn't actually have on the yeah, list. But you, you, you picked a up. Uh, you picked a movie off my list. Um, uh, what did I decide? I looked at several things here. Oh, uh, Gross Point Blank. Okay, I don't know. Don't, I don't know that one. I have I heard. Know if it. I'm saying it right. It's um. It's G R O S S E, uh, right? Yeah, gross and and point also with an e. P o i n t. Maybe it's like grossy. I don't know. Maybe. I've I've always heard it gross point blank, but I don't know if people say it. Right? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't really know. There's another one I've had on my list for a long time. Um, okay. it's John Cusack, uh, Mini Driver, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> uh, Just a question mark there. Dan Aykroyd's in this. Oh, that's great. I, I I wanted to say something about Taylor Kitsch real quick too. The the, the lead in Battleship. He was uh, in Friday Night Lights, which I didn't see, but is a about I think it's mm-hmm. about Texas football 
in high school football. Yeah, high, high school football, I believe. Right. And it was very popular. And he was like a big guy in that one. So he was on fire for that. But right. And that's when he went into this film and John Carter in 2012, both of those. But right before that, he was also our only live on screen uh, version of uh, Gambit, Remy LeBeau in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Okay. Yeah. So he, he is Gambit, this, this character's and yeah, he kind of looked the part. Okay, that's all I had to say about that one. All, all I know about Gambit is he throws cards. Yeah, it's and everybody knows that X-Men Origins Wolverine was a pretty terrible film, and it he, he fit pretty terrible in that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to go watch rewatch that film. I will not make us watch that one, because um, okay. it would just be tearing it to pieces, and also it's just bad. But I think I'm going to watch it and remind myself about why it was so bad. Mm. Uh. So we're going to talk, we got a little time here. We got, we got plenty of time. Um, I'm just going to, I got three kind of news things. I'll get your little quick quips on or hot takes uh, for some news okay. things that happened. Sure, um, sure. So recently we, we had gone to Gen Con and there was in the news, been several much in the gaming news that uh, there were a bunch of cards stolen, um, like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of Magic the Gathering cards that were taken uh, out of this. the yeah, it was the um, when vendors come, they ship their stuff in, and there's a receiving dock and stuff. And some people had two people had walked in and got a pallet jack and walked away with a whole whole pallet full of Magic the Gathering cards. And you know, I think it was six hundred thousand dollars. What I want to say it was. Um, okay. And so recently, uh, the news says that they they uh, caught them, and I guess they they had them on video. But the best part about it, I think, is that they caught them because one of the guys, they're like a developer, game developers, and they made board games and they own a company and they had their game company shirt on. So how dumb can you be? I, I know it's just, geez, man. They're not, um, they're probably not going to make a heist movie out of this. <laughs> just, I just don't understand. Okay. Another well, one. Might. I don't know. Uh, you know. Another one is uh, Lorcana, which we, we we've talked about a couple times at Gen Con. It's been the big Disney trading card game that has Disney come out. Magic, yes. Yep, it actually officially launched a couple weeks ago. Um, is or maybe a week ago. Oh wait, maybe this week. Um, it's launched and available, but still sold out. It's still having this real bad issue of people are running on them. Inventory can't get it. Um, so they're going to reprint. They're, they're desperately trying to reprint. Um, I, you know, a lot of times we can say that things happen at Gen Con and we see this kind of excitement because it's release things, you know, like special release. Gen Con does several, you know, pre-release events where you get the games before they're out. And, and so you can say, well, it's just because of that. But Lurkana seems to be pushing on through and, and reprinting the first stuff. So those people who bought at Gen Con, uh, my, Memory goes back to Magic the Gathering when I was a kid, 93, and we played the original version, the very, very original, and it got popular, and then they they moved it thing from Alpha to, I can't remember, just the, whatever the second one was, and we just played with those cards. They were all bent up and beat up, but um, they were going pretty quickly, and they were like, oh, no big deal, we'll get more in stock, and it's just a second print. Nobody thought that that'd be a big deal, the difference between first and second print. But today, it absolutely is. The, you know, they're the same cards, but they're just first and second printing. Um, 
So, yeah, those people who stood in line at Gen Con probably hit that wave just right. So who knows? Um, I think Fox has actually played that game. Um, has a yeah, review. He got, has a review. He up. got cards. Yeah. From, and, from he, and, and I think he's got a, they've got a review up on um, his site. Yeah. Uh, uh, last thing for news. Uh, I don't have a lot of info on this one, but just get, get your take on it. Uh, so Brandon Sanderson is signing off on a deck building game to make a, uh, um, deck building games based on his his properties. They hadn't said which ones yet, but I know you're a Is Brandon it, Sanderson fan. How do you feel about that? I thought that I thought I heard that was Mistborn because I know that there's a Mistborn RPG, mm-hmm. and there's probably probably also one for um, the Stormlight Archives, Way of Kings. Yeah, um, but I don't I don't know that for sure. Um, That'd be pretty deck cool, though, builder right? game. You say not yeah. a not a TCG, not a trading card. So yeah, it's not like the Disney one where you have to go buy all the packs and stuff. But that's interesting. I I would probably keep an eye out for it and maybe demo it at Gen Con. Yeah. I'm not as not as enamored with deck builders as I used to be, and we've mm-hmm. talked about that on the show because of, after a while, after playing enough different ones, like when we first played Ascension. Right, I was like, oh, man, this yeah. is cool. It's like you do the thing and you build the thing and then you're done. And then, yeah. you know, we played uh, Legendary yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And then got Eon's End. Oh, got yeah. uh, um, so you know, many of them. Tanto Quare. Like so many. And then after a while, we're like, okay, so what are the two currencies? These are the two currencies. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. we start with five? Do we start with? 10 cards or do we start with 12 correct and is the is the um you know does the market change or is the market static or is it a little bit of both and right attacking each other are we attacking you're like okay all these games are kind of the same yes that i 100 percent agree and i i've always been a huge deck builder fan and for the reasons you just expertly said is the reasons why it's dwindled off in me you know when you're when you're referring to when you start the game and you don't even need to look at the booklet and you're like, okay, what is the void mechanic? Are there constructs? Are there, you know, cards that right. stay out type thing? You know, star it, realms and hero realms, star realms and hero realms. Yes. Usually the, usually the question is, okay, what's the, the one different mechanic this game's going to give us. Right. <laughs> uh, which, which is unfortunate, yeah. but you know, I, I also haven't played any newer ones. Maybe the, the genre has evolved some. Um, and, uh, Brandon Sanderson, if he's involved beyond just letting him use the IP, then, you know, right. maybe he'll do some, um, make the cards be relevant to his stories or something. It'll be not just a skin. Hopefully it's not just a skin. Right. Yeah. So that'll, that that's kind of, where I am going with this is, you know, depends on the mechanics. If it's if it's doing anything new in the in the game genre, then yeah. it might be interesting to me. Um, otherwise, you know, it's just yeah, it's game. hard to tell, right? When, when there we, we we talked last week about um, the um, Seven Kingdoms game. It's the um, oh, what we just call it. It's the uh, Netflix show that Mike and I watched where we just, it was a themed game that we played when um, the weekend last kingdom, the last kingdom. The right. Uh, and, and how I felt the same way. Like this is just going to be a game with skin on it, which is 
you know, be whatever. But then it turned out to be an actually great game, very themed with the, the film. Hopefully this is the same way that we'll get like maybe a Mistborn that's very themed deck building game with Mistborn. So that'd be, that'd be cool. Um, that's all I got for news. Um, two things we were going to say we we're going to talk about a little bit here was uh, Ahsoka uh, and the first episode of Lower Decks, although there are two out right now. Yeah. Um, have, have Did you watch the first three of Ahsoka? I saw the first three. I okay. started the fourth today, and uh, I, I got like five, ten minutes into it, and then I had other stuff to do. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm putting it pretty high on Star Wars things. Um, it's not ne- anywhere near as good as Andor. Andor is like the top. Um, sure. But it's, I think it's on par with The Mandalorian. I've watched episode four, and I think episode four starts to feel like it's a full Star Wars series. And there's only eight, I think. So um, that's good, right? It doesn't, it's not one of those things like The Mandalorian that's just going to continue on and on and on and on. Um, They're going to tell a story. They're going to give us, it's basically a longer movie, uh, which is nice. And I think these characters are going to have a beginning, middle, and end, I think. Um, but also I do know that Filoni wants to use, wants to have like a big, uh, all encompassing series where all the characters and all the storylines from all of his star Wars mm. shows come together. Um, so Ahsoka will probably, and these characters will probably come back. But anyway, uh, this is a rebels show is what this is, right? This is, I don't know if yeah. you can even watch this without knowing a little bit about rebels, um, at all. It's, you know, crazy. Uh, Sabine is one of the main characters. Uh, I think they back off on her being a crazy main character. Um, yeah, I watched a I watched a YouTube recap video, um, and I still am like, okay, this is obviously important. This character they're naming is obviously important. Um, I don't think I realized until a character pointed it out that. Um, Sabine is Mandalorian. I guess yep. she does get the armor pretty early. Yeah, she pulls um, her helmet out. And it's fine. I don't... I mean, I'm watching it because we're going to talk... Like, everybody's going to talk about it, and we're mm-hmm. going to talk about it on the podcast. But I am not really invested in anything going on in the story. Right. And, and and I think that is because it's for people who were invested in Rebels. Yeah. Um. Like yeah, all of the characters are motivated by things they did with other characters in the past. It's, mm-hmm. it really is the, you know, Sabine is, you know, pining for her friend who we have no idea who it is. So how can we be care about her motivation when we don't know who the person is at all? Um, and that person was a main, the probably the main character in the series, but we don't know about him. Right. Um, what about Ahsoka? Well, we rarely know anything about her, like you and I do. Obviously, people who watch the, the cartoons, but people I know, just I know more about her. her than any of the other characters, right? Um, but we still don't know a I lot. Watched a few episodes of of Clone Wars, but yeah, yeah. right. But let, let's just—I'm always—I guess I'm assuming no one's watched anything besides the Star Wars films and maybe the Disney Plus series, like live action series, like Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. 
right? So you don't know about Ezra Bridger. You don't know this big thing. They're all talking about General Thr- Grand Admiral Thrawn coming back. How can you be like scared about a guy coming back when you don't know who he is or anything about him, right? Um, they've never given us a reason to think why is this guy. They're like, oh, well, the the Empire can rally around him. Okay, well, why don't they just rally around anyone else? Um, I think it was so, in the. I think it was in the scroll. Wasn't there a, a scroll at the beginning of the first episode? Yeah, it, that's right. The scroll. And that, that, that scroll was basically trying to catch you up with the series. And that's kind of my point there right. is that Thrawn mm-hmm. was in the last, the main character villain in the last mm-hmm. uh, season of Rebels. Right. So if you watch Rebels, you obviously know why it's a big deal. And you obviously know why you want Ezra back. You know what Hera's motivation is. You know what everyone's character motivation is. But coming into Ahsoka blind, you have no idea about that. So that's a problem for me. And also, I think that majority of people would feel how you do. right? Like, I'm just not invested. There's just nothing to catch me on here. And I I do believe that's because it's for people who had watched Rebels. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I believe I, I agree. Yeah, uh, which you and I talked about a little bit on off air about One Piece being the same kind of way. Um, so it's fine, and I like it because I've watched Rebels and I know these characters and I understand them. But I feel a little bit like I can't share this with my non-super nerdy Star Wars nerdy friends, right? Um, yeah, because well, I, and I used yeah. and and su- super nerdy is not even the right like. You know, you have to be niche, a, a, super nerdy. A, yeah, a pretty nerdy Star Wars fan has watched, you know, all this new stuff, right? All these new streamers, mm-hmm. all the movies, right? Like, that's a Star Wars fan. Somebody who has seen both of those cartoon series is a Star Wars fan of just the right age, right? Somebody who was the target yeah, audience right. for the prequels, right? right like, yeah, my, little, yeah. my little brothers watched some of those. I mean, I maybe all of them you know somebody about for the clone 20, wars yeah 25 to 30 ish star wars fan who maybe a little younger who watched because they were kids shows right and not just yeah. not just in the like the animation was bad but like their stories about young people doing things and they ran a long time right like yeah quite a few seasons for both series many many Right. Um, I agree. Totally. And so, yeah. And, yeah, and even I right can't remember that, that stuff. Right. right. Yeah. So I, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Um, so I to move on from Ahsoka. I am enjoying it a lot. I think episode four became a lot more separated from that wider mythos and became, it came its own little thing a little bit more. Uh, okay. Namely, because the the two villains or three villains are kind of unique to this thing now. Uh, the lady, I can't think of her name right now, who's the Night Sister, she was shown in a, an episode of uh, Mandalorian season two when she when they revealed Ahsoka as well. So that's the first time we've seen her. So she's kind of new. So we know her what she does, and the two not Sith but bad not Jedi's. Um, mm-hmm. have a lot more camera time and stuff in the fourth episode. Uh, they seem like there's, they seem like lapsed Jedi. They're not, they're not Sith, but they're like former Jedi. So they have some yeah. of the training and the force sensitivity, but 
they're they're bad they're evil <laughs> yeah that's that that's uh and that's that's what made i think episode four a bit better is because we got to focus on these characters that didn't have all this extra baggage that we're supposed to know mm, um sure. and i'm like oh here we go now we're and and ahsoka was like the lead right i'm like okay that's cool she's doing this thing with these characters and she's a jedi and you know she fought with anakin skywalker we know that guy he was in the like og series we we get it right um, so it was a lot simpler to be involved in the Star Warsiness with that. Um, and there was a lot of space stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it and I hope that it keeps going with that kind of stuff and not dragging us down the Dave Filoni uh, rabbit hole. I don't want him to stop doing that stuff. I just know that it's <laughs> like, if, if you're interested in Dave Filoni's, who's the showrunner, the new Star Wars heir apparent, um, if you're interested in his Star Wars role-playing game campaign, then that's what he's telling us. Um, <laughs> but if if you're not, then it feels weird, right? Right, right. Okay, so Lower Decks Season 4 or 3? 4. I think it's 4. Yeah, it's 4. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting several in there. Uh, episode 1 showcased Voyager, right? And... In particular, the the Tuvix episode was highlighted here. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I mean, it's more lower decks. It's uh, you know, they're getting they're getting into the more obscure um homages, right? Like that was for, for real, of, yes. <laughs> sort of, sort of the conceit of lower decks is like, okay, first. We're not going to talk about the captain and the big important people on the de- on the bridge. We're going to talk about the underlings who have to clean out the holodeck filters and always right. get into weird, wacky shenanigans. And it's you know right. goofy, goofy comedy. But then also like just make reference to every little. Um, you know every every little Star Trek thing. You know, so like it's, I, I don't know. I I want to say that I've shown it to non Trekkies, like some of my siblings, and like they were entertained by it. And I'm like, okay, so it's not just the references thing. And then I have been reminded that I watched Next Generation when it was on reruns, two episodes a day in the middle of the afternoon, and a lot of them watched it with me. And oh. so they're 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 not Trekkies, but they know this stuff, right? Like yeah. not super obscure. I'm sure they're not getting the the Tamarian uh, the Darmok references. Right. Um, and I don't know. I I saw both of them. Did they do? Was that Tamarian officer on or ensign on uh, in the first episode? I don't believe so. Okay, it must be the second episode, so I won't spoil it. Um, I do. I do like when Ransom says, "Like shocker, when the walls fell, spoiler." <laughs> they got to get the yeah. officers. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah, that's that that's the bit I was talking about. Um, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if he was an ensign or he was an actual like lieutenant or something like that. But I, I think he's an ensign because Ransom says, "Shocker, when the walls fell, ensign." And he's like, "Hey, oh, okay. you, you know, that's right." It's funny, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, very, very tricky fan service, and it's not. I wouldn't say it's always been 
mainstream references, right? Because I do not remember the Packlids from Next Generation, and they're a big deal in like season one or two. Um, right. And but you know, of course, they do a whole movie episode, right, where they're referencing all the movies, and they've got a bunch of lens flares and the really slow fly up to the ship in space dock kind of stuff. But it, th- that's always been it's like comedy. It's a different, you know, uh, a different perspective on the ship and, you know, references, right? And so this one, they do, they do, they do multiple, right? They do the, the Neelix cheese and they do the, they do two Vicks and just, just dial up that, that plot mechanic to 11. And there's at least one other, they're like multiple Voyager uh, uh, plots happen in that um, right happen in that episode and it's just it's just lower decks right like I don't know I'm sure in the earlier seasons when we talked about this before we're like how long can they keep this going um, right of course n- now they're also uh, throwing in little easter eggs from the the strange new worlds crossover he did say like that he, pike thing she said that pike yeah. thing or there's a i think this is in the second episode you can see boimler's um uh poster with the ad astra oh, he's got the poster. you don't you don't yeah. see the whole thing you just see the ad astra part of it and i'm like yeah that's that's just for strange new worlds people um right yeah well i i i think um you know, most of Lower Decks can be watched by people who've never watched Star Trek. I'd say, and they generally get it because the humor uh, it's still just pushes funny, through, and right? some of the like characters the, are pretty fun. The stuff they uh, do is, but I, I still you know, think it's a still bulk funny, even forty if you're not getting the reference. Yes, but I generally think a bulk forty percent of Lower Decks is aimed for you. Got to get the references to get the jokes, and and it's hard for us to separate that special yeah, as big hardcore Trekkies. Um, but there are occasional episodes that pop up that are like, okay, these are 80% for those people. And that was, I felt that was this one. Um, sure. I don't know if there's anything you would know what craziness is even happening in this entire episode without knowing at least some of those Voyager references. Um, like, I mean, they explain, and, they explain it all, right? They're like, right, oh, right, there's but a they, thing they and barely it explain you it. Like, like, you have what you need, but you're right, just barely. Yeah, the, I mean, they, they barely explain it. And they do things like, oh, well, we're going to do what Janeway does. Well, what if you don't know who Janeway is? And then they're like, Janeway straight up murdered him. I'm like, why would he? Mur- I don't understand. Like, none of that makes any sense. <laughs> but if you know it, you don't need to know it because you watched it and it's funny, right? Right. Um. And and it's funny because it's real type thing, um, and all of the the great references, and then even this one, like they end it with with the cheese, Neelix's cheese. No, at no point do they say who Neelix is or what mm. are they talking about with the cheese. What sure. are biopacks? Why does this ship have biopacks? <laughs> right? None of that is for anyone who knows who's not watched any of this sure. stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So so that's not a knock. That's just because I really appreciate it because I am a surprising Voyager fan. I did not set out to be a Voyager fan when I started watching Voyager and became one. Mm. Um, and so to, to get this, I was like, yeah, I, I, I love it. And they put so much in the captain. Uh, what was it? Um, Tom Paris's villain in the black and white thing. 
w- oh, was yeah. in there. Captain Proton. He makes a reference to Captain that. Proton, right? His, his his guy and uh, the other guy that looks like a clown type stuff. Like all those guys are like, man, they are just digging into the well of absurdity with Voyager and just not stopping. And they showed um, there's an episode when uh, what is it? Um, the Captain Janeway and Chakotay go to an alien planet. I can't remember the whole specifics of it, but they end up turning you know, like mating and becoming an alien, like that crawls on all fours, like a lizard and they have babies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what they have. And they, that little alien lizard keeps walking around on the ship all the time. And it's just incredibly hilarious. If you know what that <laughs> is. And I'm like, ah, this is just makes my heart feel laughter the whole time. So <laughs> I loved it. And I know it's made for for people like me, but I don't care. I'm very happy that they are giving it to us. Unlike Ahsoka, which we just mentioned, that's it's because it's serious. Ahsoka is trying to do right. serious and drama. This exactly. is doing it's making fun of self referential stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, that that I can laugh at how silly a lot of these things are. Um, so that's what makes it good. And if I can laugh at all the Star Wars things, it'd probably make up for a lot of the. Uh, you know, like, am I supposed to be dramatic here or whatever? But yeah, lower decks still be lower decks, and yeah, there's there's nothing, nothing in Ahsoka has been funny. No, no, it's not. not a, it's not funny it's, thing, it's, right at all. Not intended to be like, but and then that's an interesting. Not to derail our our Star Trek lower deck, though I don't think I have any more to say about that. I think. I think there's an element of humor of comedy that most successful Star Wars has, right? Like, sure, with like uh, the the yeah. original movie is not a comedy, but no. a lot of the stuff Han Solo does is funny. Just totally. the concept, like the silly concept. It's the thing we talk about um, with superhero movies, right? Like, right. A lot yeah. of the base baseline concept and world building is is by definition silly right right like the idea of an evil fascist empire is not silly but you've got a yeah you know big gold talking robot who's you know kind of kind of whiny and you've got a little trash can that that beeps and flashes and a big dog guy who just grumbles and roars instead of talking but everybody can understand like all that stuff is ridiculous and yes it balances out you know the seriousness of the of the plot and fully agree fully agree yeah and ahsoka is like all serious i think all i mean i serious. mean there's maybe been a moment or two of like i mean boba little, fett was like a that, little right? bit of a sardonic you know eyebrow raise or something um, and i can't even think of, of comedy stuff of in mandalorian i mean mandalorian there was there's like silly grogu stuff right is kind of right the most or stuff that's not not necessarily comedy but like the the chris christopherson guy saying i've spoken you know early in the beginning sure or, right that would be okay right you know season I mean, one had said some stuff like it's that. sort Bill, of that, that's sort of it it sort of uh it reminds me of how i'm i was always kind of annoyed when amy sedaris's character showed up I'm like she's funny, oh, but she yeah, doesn't belong go. here. Right. Like she's she's in a different movie, like talking about womp rats all the time, um, right? And I, you're right. She she so kind of is that right. 
we, I don't we, know if- you're right. Star Wars does need some some stuff. And you're right. I think that these things are missing that. I, I'm sure that's been said multiple times before, but I'm glad now, you pointed now, out again that it's missing now, the Han Solo, the very fun. Good, and I don't know that. I don't know that no, Andor no, had. Um, <laughs> there's no comedy in that one. So I don't. I don't think it's necessary. But depending on the story you're telling, um, it can really help. I think probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't want. I don't want a lower decks comedy in Star Wars. I mean, I, it would be no, great no, no, no. to watch an animated comedy of lower decks thing. Uh, we 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 didn't remember. We didn't think that it was going to work out for this. Like we had our we had our uh, suspicions that. Lower Decks was going to be a dumb animated Star Trek thing, right? Right. Um, but uh, I still haven't watched Prodigy. I, yeah, I haven't watched Prodigy either. Um, but yeah, Star Star Wars is, and this is the Dave, Dave Filoni stuff is really missing on lightheartedness. It's missing a fun adventure swashbuckler that you're having mm-hmm. that's having fun. Or that's the big thing. People in Star Wars lately aren't having fun. And I know they're trying to push that we're in a dark, serious time of war and war is not fun. But, oh, my God. Right. It's you, you got to <laughs> Han Solo was having a good time. Right. In, right. in a war. Um, so, you, you, yeah, they really do. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm not going to think hard about that kind of stuff because they do need some kind of <laughs> uh, levity is what it is. Not comedy, per se, but some levity sure. in. Just a little, uh, you know, a little lightness. Like not all the time, you know. We don't need freaking Jar Jar Binks up in here. But yes, uh, right. No, yeah. Get get some people that are like, oh my god, kid, you're so drab or boring. Can you, you know, liven the place up? Type stuff. You know, someone who comes on there and isn't just so direly serious. And Rosario Dawson is one hundred percent playing Ahsoka as this dour, serious person constantly. Which is very yeah. un Ahsoka like in her when she was in her youth, but of course that's okay. You know, people get old. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's that's all we got for today, dude. For for once, we'll have a short episode. Make that for the last several we've had that are almost two hours long. Right almost here. two hours long. Yeah. Um, all right. So next week we will have gross point blank. Um, by then, uh, Wheel of Time season two has started, so we'll talk about that. I've heard it's better than season one, which seems like a pretty easy bar to clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to uh, a, a gaming birthday party this weekend, so hopefully I'll have some new games to talk about. Mm. Um, our buddy Dave Beller um, is having a birthday, and we're going to go play a game night. And then I think I'm. <laughs> it's funny. I think I'm going to a full day concert, but I don't know what it is. Wow. Um, on, on Saturday, uh, it's, what was it called? Um, I'm trying to, trying to find it here. Um, I think it's a punk band concert or a, a festival or some kind of thing that I'm interested. I've been drafted into going with, with my friends up in Indy. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll see how, how that, that goes. Uh, it's called, nice. Oh no, it's sorry. I take it back. It's not. This is another thing that they, they drafted me into. Some, it's a, like a tiki festival. Like tiki drinks. Okay. I don't right? Know, you know what I'm talking about? I, I, have no, I have no response to that. <laughs> yes, I, I know I know tiki, like rum-based drinks with yeah. pineapple and coconut. And yeah. That's a, it's like a festival, like a beer festival, festival, I think, with tiki stuff. 
Okay. And it's called like Mak Makiki or something, but sure. uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, I, I'll report back. Was my thing is I'll, I'll report okay. back and see right. how that what that's all about. And again, I know very little about it. I'm just getting roped and saying, "Hey, you come up here on this for my birthday, and we'll all go." And I was like, "Okay, sure, I'm doing it." Sure. Support friends. Um, since we're actually short, I can I can cross off a couple of these things I've had on my list to to recommend here. Oh, sure. um, I listened to the dramatized audiobook version of The Importance of Being Earnest. Like uh, honest with, or character's name person named Ernest? Uh, it's both. It's both. Okay. okay. Um, it. Yeah, the, the, the characters, there are two characters named Ernest, though that's not I don't think it's either one of their names. Um, uh, this is a play by Oscar Wilde. Um, I was, of course, familiar with the title, but always just assumed it was another, like, Jane Austen, Hemingway, Dickens kind of Victorian um, uh, novel story of some kind. And somehow it came across my radar again, and, and someone described it as being comedy. It is Victorian satire. Okay. Um, so these characters are, you know, they're the Victorians written late in the Victorian era, right? It's like uh, 1880s, I think. Um, and so the characters are still talking like, you know, people talked in, in books and plays in, uh, in the Victorian era. But it's all like sarcastic and tongue in cheek. And it's hilarious. I laughed out loud several times uh nice. and the and the dramatized audiobook is is great because you get all different voices um i finally watched the documentary never surrender uh okay. about uh galaxy quest right oh yeah yeah just sort of the galaxy quest documentary and that was great to get the behind the scenes and just the the time that it was you know it was still it was still early it was still before you know, nerd culture kind of took over all the popular culture, and it was this sort of for the fans kind of thing about the fans, which was it was just all really cool. And they talk about um, uh, Alan Rickman because I think he had passed before this mm. before this was finished. Um, that was really good. I watched it on one of the flights that I took. I think probably two or from Gen Con. Um, the last one is an anthology book that I also been listening to on audiobook called The Improbable Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. Um, if you know Sherlock Holmes, and I don't yep, know who yep. doesn't, right. um, this is an anthology, so it's different authors, um, writing Sherlock Holmes stories that have some kind of speculative fiction. Uh, the original... Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes stories are all fairly rooted in reality of of Victorian um, London and some other places but there's almost no supernatural like if the, if there's a supernatural somebody thinks a ghost or something there's usually some like mundane explanation for it that that Holmes can figure out but the 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 concept of this anthology is the Sherlock Holmes quote uh, that I'm not going to remember verbatim, but it's um, once you once you eliminate um, every all, all the possibilities, whatever remains, however improbable, must be truth. Um, oh yeah, yeah. 
However right. Improbable. Yeah. However that quote goes. Um, the idea is each of these stories has some concept that is so improbable that it seems impossible. But in in the case of this story, it actually is. One of them is a is a kind of multiverse swap where um, Watson goes into uh, like a mirror dimension where Moriarty is the consulting detective and Sherlock Holmes is the mastermind villain. Oh, okay. Right. It's like everything is, is just slightly different and people, there's a different guy who is, um, who's Moriarty's Watson. Um, yep. And you know, it's their short stories. It's an anthology and they're, it's just a different kind of twist on the, on the kind of classic Sherlock Holmes, uh, archetype. And that's it's been pretty interesting. I haven't listened right, to cool. it all yet, but just a that's different cool. thing. Uh, okay, you awesome. Got anything else? No, I think that's good. Yeah, no. Nope. Nice to be able to catch up on those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode three hundred and fourteen. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out. As uh, Michael said, I think uh, Fox probably has a review up on Lorcana by now, and probably probably a couple other. Uh, new games from Gen Con, so you can check those out. If you want to email us, and we were going off on something controversial earlier, it's like <laughs> people are gonna people are gonna have opinions on I don't know deck building games or magic or something. <laughs> you can reach out to us via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail dot com, or if you go to our website frontporchpodcast dot com, you can use the contact forms there to reach out to us. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.